Jess. And I'm Kat. And you're listening to the 23rd episode of Two Book Bitches. Hello, book bitches. Welcome back. It's us. It's early. We've never... Have we ever recorded this early? We tried something new. It's... Okay, it's not that early. Yeah, you're right. It's like almost 11 a.m. But... Early for some of us on a weekend. Me. (laughs) It's early for me. We usually record this fucking 10 o'clock at night. But here we are. We have to like... Try not to yawn a lot during this. I honestly, I was, I have coffee beside me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink it sparingly so you don't hear my slurp throughout this whole thing. Um, what did we do this week? We, this week, number one, has felt like literally seven months in like one week. Really? It was like, I just feel like it was stressful for a lot of people. Oh, I guess, yes, true with the the election. election. Yeah. Yeah. So that's done. It's over. Celebrate. Woohoo. Yay. I cried watching the speeches last night because I'm a big fucking baby. <laughs> um, what else? We did an Instagram live. We it feels did. like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long it was ago. More than a week ago now. Yeah. So we did one we did one on Halloween and it was really fun. And thanks for joining. And if you want to see other Instagram lives, we're planning on doing more. In the future? Yeah. I think probably one around the holidays. Yeah. Um, so follow us on Instagram if you have it. So you can catch those because we answer a lot of questions about ourselves and we chatted with everyone. It was super fun. What else? Um, I don't know. What else? Are we, are we going to make the big announcement? I guess so. Okay. So I guess we weren't planning on announcing it, I guess this early. Mm-hmm. We had made a Patreon. And for those of you who don't know what a Patreon is, it's like a website and like you can kind of support like creators of like podcasts, artists, like a a bunch of other things in exchange for like extra perks, goods, things like that. So we had made one and we never announced it. We just kind of like left it and we were like, oh, like, you know, we have to like put stuff on it, whatever. And then after our live, we got an email and one of our listeners, Kara, had signed up for Patreon. Yes. So special thanks to Kara for being our very first Patreon. Literally, um, we like messaged her and we chatted with her for a bit and we like cried reading her message because it was <laughs> really, really sweet. Like it was so, so nice. But yeah, I guess if you're curious, we have a Patreon. Um, there's like three tiers on it with a bunch of like extras and mm-hmm. opportunities for like bonus episodes and stuff. And we're gonna, we already told Cara this, but we're working really hard to like put everything up on it by mid-November. Um, and obviously it's not like an obligation for anyone to do it, but if you're curious, the link is in our podcast description and you can check it out and, and take a look, see, see, uh, see what's on there. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, I mean, we have some exciting things coming soon. This is true. Um, I don't know if we want to tell them everything about it, but we do have some author interviews yeah. scheduled um, over the next couple months. Yeah, um, we have like one in November, one in December, and, and then one possibly in January. January. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, they're not going to like, they'll be more like bonus episodes, right? Yes. Yeah. Because it's an interview with an author. Yeah. So. so we'll release it like additionally in the schedule. Yes. Aside from the other books we're doing. So we're hoping to get like some solid info this week, like hammered out and then we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. What we're doing with those because that's exciting um I, I think that's it that is it i think i think it. i think that's all the housekeeping yeah 
what are we doing this week? So today, today, finally, is the day we are talking about the highly anticipated From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Yes. Part one. Here it is. Because we couldn't fit it all in one. No, 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 no. Too much juicy things happen. It's impossible. Yeah. I just have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed reading this. I'm already almost done the series. Well, it's not, you're not done the series. Well, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Didn't she announce that there's going to be like five Oh my books God, yeah, can we something? talk about that for a hot second? So like one book too many, but whatever. I was reading this thinking it would be a trilogy. I like trilogies. Well, it's... I wish it was a trilogy. It's nice because it has like a beginning, middle, end, right? I'm just very interested to see how, you know, she's going to make it into five books. And every single time, whenever there's a lot of books, I always just fear for the love interests. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I'm like, is it, is, are you guys not endgame then? Like five books? Like, are you going to make it all that way? I mean, I'm to, worried. To be fair, like, I've never read anything else by Jennifer Armentrout. Like, I, I haven't read any of her other books. So. I don't know if there's like a track record of switching it up on readers like, you know, Miss Miss Sarah J. Mass who introduces a man, makes us fall in love with him and then absolutely destroys then, him yeah, from the inside out. Points <laughs> every single character flaw out at yeah, some exactly. point in the book. Until you fucking hate him and then yeah. hate yourself for liking him. Exactly. And you're like, how did I ever like this person? Yeah. And I think a lot of people really like this couple, Hawk and... Mm-hmm. Poppy. I am one of those people. I am also one of those people. There's like that fan art of Hawk, and I'm like, damn, why you gotta look that good, man? Why? There's two artists on Instagram that I'm thinking of specifically, and maybe we'll, we'll put them in the description because they have some really good Hawk, and there's like a Hawk Poppy fan art that got released. It was like gorgeous. The one where they're sitting on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People are just so talented. I wish I could draw, man. Right? Because, like, all those things you're thinking of in your head, like, you could put it down on paper. And it would be beautiful. Yeah. Except when I do that. It's a stick figure. It's literally, I'm like, like stick figure. Um. Anyways, let's... Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So... Spoilers ahead. Yeah, as per usual, if you have read, turn back now. Or don't. We're literally not your moms. You can do whatever you want. But I, I wouldn't spoil this one for yourself. Go read it. Yeah, so here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> so Cass is way ahead of me in the books, right? And I'm reading it. And every time she's over and I'm like, okay, so like what happens here? And normally we spoil it for each other. Oh, like 100%. Whenever, you know, if I'm ahead or she's ahead and we ask each other questions, we're always like, oh yeah, this person is the one who, who did it or whatever. But for whatever reason, whenever I ask Cass a question, she's like, hmm, good question. Keep that thought. Keep, Keep reading. What's that TikTok stuff? It's like... <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. I'm keep your curiosity, like think yeah. something like that. And I'm literally like, girl, just tell me who did it. And she's like, I don't want to spoil you're it on, for you. You're on like the right track. And I'm like, yeah, but I want it to be spoiled for me. I had it. I, that's I just, how this works. I got the. This vibes. is how our relationship works. We spoil things for each other. I just got the vibe that like maybe you didn't want me to spoil it. Like I don't know. Like I was like, oh, I just enjoy. I enjoyed like reading because I had theories too while I was reading and they were very similar to ours and then when they kind of all pieced together I was like oh like it was a nice light bulb moment so you're gonna you're gonna Anyways, enjoy it you're gonna suffice enjoy to it. say this book has not been spoiled for me no it hasn't shocking even though I've tried yes she has tried really hard last night she was like but like what about this but what about this I'm like I don't know I don't know I really don't 
Um, okay, so I figured let's do a little world building before we get to the plot, just because the some of the world building elements are pretty important to the storyline. And it's one of those things where like, I feel like when I was first reading, I Bro, was a little lost. I'm still lost. I'm still so confused at some things. Well, because honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I also don't really care that much. <laughs> I'm literally like, can we just go back to Hawk and Poppy? Yeah, please? this is like, that's okay. really all I care this about. This is one of those stories where like, okay, is the world building decent? Yeah, like is the plot interesting? Sure, but it's very character driven mm-hmm. and I and dialogue driven and like I'm so okay with that. Me too. Like I love it. But let's do some world building and then I'll tell you like one thing that I'm still confused about about this world building and I'll see if you agree with me. Okay, so the story takes place in this kingdom called Solis, and majority of the story takes place in the city of Macedonia, which sounds shockingly like the real life place of Macedonia. Anyways, each city is like basically surrounded by these massive walls called the Rise. And see, when I first started reading this book, I thought the Rise was the name of like their guards. Guards? No. So the Rise. And then I realized it's the walls yeah it's like the wall in game of thrones like it's just a big ass wall and i was like i oh i liked mine better yeah she's like oh the guy and i'm like no it's a it's literal a wall. wall so it's surrounded by walls called the rise um that are armed with guards to protect the people that live in each city town whatever from these creatures called the craven which are very ugly vampires yes really essentially so they're they're basically these creatures that like bite and infect people so if you get bitten and infected by a craven you also turn into a craven bloodthirsty craven type thing um also important to the story is that there was this massive war like i don't know like four centuries ago something like that called the war of two kings where the rulers of solis who are queen um iliana iliana and king jalara and jafar sounds suspiciously alike so those two rulers they actually came out on top and they won and they won against the kingdom of atlantia and Atlantis. literally though <laughs> um ignore me sorry no no no. but as i was reading i was literally doing the same thing i was like oh macedonia oh like da 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 like you know yeah so they won and i guess like the kingdom of soul is kind of like eradicated the atlanteans like the atlantean people and their king and queen however some people in the kingdom of Solis are Atlantean sympathizers, or I think they call them frequently dissenters, and they believe that the Atlanteans should still be in power. And at one point, the Atlanteans and the kingdom of Solis, they had they had the same gods, right? Like they believed in the same gods. And like the whole shtick is the gods favor the kingdom of Solis, and that's why the Atlanteans lost. I'm still confused if these gods are real or not. Oh, okay, so they're they're a polytheistic society, so they believe in multiple gods. It's it's similar to like like a like a pantheon in a sense where like all the gods are like rulers of different things. You have like, oh, the god of like war. Yeah, no, blah, but blah, I'm blah. just like, are these gods like god gods? Like they're fake, like they're not really real, you know what I mean? Like or they're are they're they... like belief you know or were they are they actually like real you know because in some stories the gods are like physically present yeah that has yet to be determined um and these supporters support this person called the dark one or prince castile as the rightful ruler of the kingdom and the atlanteans are the ones who are allegedly responsible for the craven and the like craven curse that they can like bite other people and whatever um another important thing to know is the concept of ascension so in the kingdom of Solis, if you are a second daughter or a second son, you are essentially handed over to the gods and the royal court 
during this thing called the rite when you're like 13. And then on your 19th birthday, you are made to ascend, which is this like secretive process that makes you essentially immortal. Not not actually immortal. Like you do. Like you age very, very slowly. And you do die. And you can um, die, yeah. Yes. And it also makes you like more powerful than a regular human though. Like you're faster, your reflexes, you're stronger. And like I'm still confused as to what actually goes down. Yes. So that that's like I think a big part of the plot. Like I think at some point they talk about like drinking the god's blood or something. Yeah. And but, I'm like, so are the gods real then? Yeah. So know. it's very like it's a very secretive process. There's not a lot of information surrounding it. Um, and another process that happens kind of related to the ascension is when third daughters and third sons get handed over to the gods and temples to serve them. But no one really knows what that service entails. So from what I gather, like the first kids, sons and daughters get to stay with the family. Okay, but what about subsequent children, like fourth, fifth? Like they never really say, like they just say first, second, third. And I'm like, okay, but what if someone has a fourth kid? What happens to that one? I feel like... How about the fifth? How I, about the sixth? What if you get 12 children? Some people do it. I don't know. I feel like they all get handed over, but I also, I'm not 100% sure. So you're only sure. allowed to keep the first one? Allegedly. Is some really weird way of like population control in this I world? I literally don't know. And and that's the, th- well, I, that's a lie. I do know, but you don't. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I just... Rude. One thing I still don't really understand is like why ascending is important because you have to live forever i guess but all right sure if that's what you're interested in so yeah that's like the world building and the the only part that i was that i'm still like a little confused on is like why ascension is important but i guess like if it's just the simple answer of you get to live forever you get to live well and that's fine a very long time yeah okay so now that uh cass has summarized the world for us we can start the book so we meet our main character, whose name is Penelope. <laughs> this guy. Should we just talk about that for a this second? Let's sidebar already. Penelope. I'm being nip. I'm being so nitpicky. I don't like the fee part. It's just like do Penelope if you want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why As- gotta be? Why she gotta be extra? Why she gotta Especially have a unique consider name? Consider her like name. I feel like Penelope. And Poppy make more sense than Penelope and Pop. But again, this is just sheer nitpickiness at one point i was like can i just ignore the h like can i just do that honestly you could like you could you really could do a penelope yeah i feel like i hate for that but that's fine yeah anyway so her name is penelope or poppy for short um and then we learned two things pretty quickly one she has this power where she's able to like feel other people's emotions i think specifically pain is what she feels at the beginning like that's what she yeah i I feel like especially because it's the most potent emotion for a lot of people like you feel pain really intensely so she i think that's like at the beginning the only emotion she thinks she can feel yeah and and sometimes i think it comes out of nowhere like sometimes she tries to do it and then other times it just like hits her and she's Mm -hmm. subject to like whatever that person's feeling and the second thing is that she is the maiden or like the chosen one if you will and because of this she has to be like veiled all the time Yes. So she always has to wear a veil. Um, but currently, Poppy is actually hanging out at this like pub yeah. called the Red Pearl. Hmm. I just I thought of a couple things when I heard this thing. See, I didn't think about anything. But then like when I heard when you told me like what it's a euphemism for, I was like, oh. I don't know if it's actually a euphemism for it, but I immediately thought of a clit. Because it's like a little 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just like hypersexualizing this book like right off the bat. But I was just like, oh, that's the name of the pub. The Red Pearl. I didn't think about it too yeah. much, but the inf- clearly some people do. Yeah. The infamous Red Pearl. Yes. Which she definitely should not be at. No. Like, no. Yes. And you get this like vibe that she's very sheltered because like she's blushing and all like the debauchery that's going on at the Red Pearl. And she has to stay masked so that her identity remains like hidden for sure. So she's wearing like a domino mask. Yes, which I had to Google. Me too, because literally I thought it was a mask that looked like domino. Yeah, because I'm a dumb bitch. Like I did the same thing. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's just literally one of those like really tiny masks that only I covers your yeah, eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Like those really like you know, like those cheap Halloween masks. Like a true like, like a true like tuxedo mask exactly, mask. You know what I mean? Like exactly. just that. So that's a domino. And I yeah. think a lot of other people are also wearing domino masks at the Red Pearl. Yeah. Because I get the vibe. It's maybe somewhere where like lords and ladies come to experience life. Yeah. Without have a, a good time. Without people, a, yeah. you know, judging them. Exactly. Or, so or everyone's like, in a mask. They are. Yeah. So then we also learn that Poppy has a brother, Ian, who, even though he wasn't a second son, was allowed to ascend because he was the brother of the maiden. Like, they made an exception for him, essentially. Um, And they don't see each other anymore because he lives in the capital of Carcedonia um, with his new wife. And she's... And Poppy's still in Macedonia. Yeah. I think they just, like, write each other letters. That's it. Yeah. So... Back with Poppy, she's like hardcore eavesdropping on guards and learns that a guard named Finley um, has died because of an attack and literally like he was ripped to shreds and like his blood was drained. So it was probably like a craven attack. So, and and I think like they they say like beyond the rise, like there's craven everywhere. And in the mist or something? Yeah, they come in like a mist. I don't know if that's just like a dink or if that's like a thing, like where there's mist, there's craven. You know? I think that's a thing. Okay, well, there we go. And then she's also watching all these women and men dancing and flirting, and her thoughts turn to her, like, virginity, which apparently is, like, a really big fucking deal, because allegedly the gods will view her as unworthy if she isn't a virgin when it comes to her ascension. Listen, everyone needs to leave this girl alone. So virginity is a societal construct. Leave the poor girl alone. Yeah, I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with her, like, virginity so in this obsessed. book. And literally, though, as the story goes on, I'm just like, I wouldn't want to be the maiden. It's no, it, sucks. it doesn't sound like a good game. It doesn't sound, like, appealing at all. And, like, you've said, Kat has said on multiple occasions, she's been reading and she's like, oh, this world's yucky. Yeah. Because, like, you, you definitely get the vibe that they're not super, like, they're, I get the vibe they're a little misogynistic, but I think clearly it's written that way on purpose. Yeah, probably. And they're not always very... Like I just don't like this whole idea of the maiden. I don't see the purpose. They, I'm so very confused by it. They don't see her as a person. Like they don't no, look at her. It's always like what she is, not who, who she, she is. is. Like that seems to be emphasized a lot. Yes, exactly. Like people look at her and they're like the maiden, the chosen. Like no one, like no one's allowed to hang out with but her. But also, no one really like explains what that is, like or what it means. Like, like why, what's the purpose? Yeah. Why is it so important? Why do you care if she's like a virgin? What's like, the purpose let- of the maiden? Like, what's she gonna do? Like, yeah, like I don't get it. And I mean, I think you will get answers as you read forward. However, I still have questions, so take that with a grain of salt. Anyways, so this poor girl, you know, everyone's obsessed with her virginity. Mm-hmm. But um, as Poppy is just vibing, she gets like a weird feeling, like she's being watched. And then this woman who works for the Red Pearl comes to talk to her and is all like, oh, it's your first time here. 
and it's the red pearl's first time to have the maiden walk through its door so obviously like she figured out that she's the maiden you're like oh god Mm -hmm. but the woman is like no worries your secret is safe with me and then poppy wonders if she's like a dissenter or an atlantean sympathizer essentially um and then you also find out that the dissenters have been causing massive disturbances lately and are killing like high-ranking officials and guards setting fires doing all this shit being a nuisance yes and the woman interrupts poppy's like train of thought and she's like well i don't care if you're here but he might and she points to this like man named victor who happens to be one of poppy's like personal guards and she also kind of mentions that like victor is like her de facto father figure yeah and then poppy's like oh fuck me he can't see me here and the woman is like oh don't you worry just run upstairs open the sixth door on the left it's empty and you'll be safe in there so specific yeah so poppy's like all right thanks so she runs upstairs goes into the room and a man grabs her around the waist and is like well this is unexpected and already i was things just start this like, shit off on a bang so quick i was like reading chapter two and i'm like bitch i've only been reading this for five minutes like and I it's already spicy it's already but um, like I, do we ever see this woman again no, but again, she's one of those, like, omnipotent women, like, like the Cabinet of Curiosities chick from Blood and Honey, uh, you know, or, like, just, just women who seem to pop up and, like, know everything, and then you just, like, never hear about them again, but... It's too bad. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Poppy turns around, and she's like, damn, because the man that grabbed her is the absolutely drop-dead gorgeous hunk of a man, Hawk Flynn. Love you. 10 out of 10. So I don't know if anyone saw our TikTok, but there was this one TikTok where we asked our friend who doesn't read to like rate the spiciness level of like a bunch of like men from books. And we sent her like a picture of Hawk and she was like, she was like 14 out of 10 would let this man ruin my life. <laughs> like She was let him run me over with the truck. truck say yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's Hawk Flynn for you. So he's this like young guard from the capital city who arrived um, in Macedonia and is making waves because he's very talented with his sword and probably talented Both swords yeah with his other sword too if you know what i mean if you, winky winky um poppy knows who he is because she's basically been like ogling him from afar while he trains like i think like when they train in the yard like she's in the balcony and she's, she's just been staring at him this whole time i fucking listen i understand this poor girl can't do anything she's just she's she, she also, sees a hot guy and she's just like Yay. She's looking at the menu. She cannot order. But she's looking. But she's looking. She's looking really hard and she's imagining. She's imagining all the sensations. Love that. So while she's been watching him from the balcony, she's also been like feeling his feelings. And we find out that he's like dead ass, always in emotional pain, apparently. Like he's just like a very sad, tragic boy. So like not only is he like hot, he's tortured hot, which just like ups his ranking in um like desirable men. For me, at least, because I'm pretty sure I have daddy issues. I'm just kidding. My father's great. <laughs> what? Cat's looking at me. She's like, your dad's wonderful. And I'm like, no, nah, he is. He is. Um, but like, you know, the tortured, hot love interest. Just like a dark haired, brooding man. Uh, like, come on. That's like every I love YA novel ever. Okay? And I love moody people. I love moody women, too. So like Nesta is like one of my favorites. So. Anyways, turns out Poppy took this woman named Britta's cloak. So Britta, I think, is like a maid where she lives in like the castle. Mm-hmm. And Hawk is um, familiar with Britta. They're good friends. They're good friends. 
So he's rubbing up on Poppy because he thinks that she's Britta and Poppy is frozen because she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because obviously she wants it, but obviously she needs to correct him. Because exactly. like, bro, I am not. And she might Britta. not be the maiden much longer if he continues this train of thought. And like, honestly, I can't decide if Hawk is the rock or the hard place. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Thank you. This, uh, this is filled with puns. I'm apologizing in advance. So Hawk- Pun intended. Truly. So Hawk is like, oh, are we doing something new tonight? That's okay. We don't have to talk. Like, because she's being silent. Like, she's mm-hmm. not opening her mouth. And then he leads her to the bed and lays down on top of her and kisses Poppy, her first kiss. And she's fucking excited. Like, yeah, she's also scared, but she's excited. And Hawk immediately knows that she's not Britta. Because apparently the last time he kissed Britta, Britta sucked his tongue down her throat. Yeah. So that's how he knows. So they start bantering, which is like a frequent occurrence. Um, and he's like, uh, you're not Britta. And that was definitely your first kiss. Like he can tell. And she's like, no. So Poppy, uh-huh. it's, what do you mean it's my first kiss? He knows, baby. It's okay. Um, Poppy tells him to get off her, but he's just like smiling and enjoying his time. And he keeps like calling her princess. So I think princess at this point can now rival like sweetheart or darling. Just saying. Yeah. For me, it definitely rivals sweetheart. And, and I want I, him to call me princess. Just I saying. again, in a, and in a condescending tone, princess is so fucking annoying. Like if you know what in I mean. In a condescending tone, but he makes it hot. Oh, call me princess. And he's like, I think you came here for a reason because you want something. And she denies it like real quick and starts asking him questions about his life. I think to like distract him, I guess. And we find out he's like the son of a farmer. And he asks her if her parents are still alive. To which she responds, no. Um, Hawk then is like, well, I really doubt you came here tonight to have a conversation. And Poppy is thinking to herself that he's right. She came here to experience. And maybe those experiences would make the gods find her unworthy, which gives her a sense of excitement and hope. Uh Uh-oh. Because clearly being the maiden sucks. Fucking blows. And like, you get the vibe through this whole, especially this beginning part that she's just duty bound because she feels a sense of duty. Like, there doesn't seem to be a desire in her to I just ascend. don't really understand what she gets out of being the maiden. You know what I mean? It, like, nothing. Nothing. It's not like she becomes a maiden and, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, your reward for being so great these past 19 years is that you get to do whatever the fuck you want. No. I mean, they don't really say what happens to her after she ascends, though. Like, she, does she have to keep being a holier-than-thou maiden? Or can she, like, I don't know. She kind of is, like a like, almost like a priest figure or, like, a... Like she, a pope type deal where like she's like a priestess except she didn't want that. Yeah, she no, she didn't choose it, it right? Exactly. Like, hey, if you choose it, knock yourself out, do what you want. Like, if that's the kind of life you want to live, but she clearly is having doubts and confusions. So she's still thinking real hard about what a bad maiden she is when Hawk asks if he can remove her mask, and she's like, no way. But she agrees to let him like remove her cloak. Um, then he hits her with this panty soaker of a line what do you want from me tell me and i'll make it so i died a little bit at this and i'm like oh he'll make it so poppy he'll make it so just tell him and poppy dead ass doesn't know what she wants because she has no idea what she's doing no exactly and he's like i really just want to see what you do when i do this without your 
gown between you and my mouth. And then he's literally like licking her collarbone and asks again if she'll like remove her mask. And she seems to be like considering it. She's thinking about if he'll be repulsed by the scars on her face. Yes, she has... And, and that's another thing. She has a bunch of scars on her face. Yeah, her face also, um, like... Other she, parts of her body, Exactly, like her thighs, her stomach. Yeah. And then as she's pondering this, he's feeling up her thigh and pulls out her dagger because she has, like, a dagger strapped to her thigh. Can you imagine that? You're, like, hooking up with someone and you pull out a literal yeah. dagger. You're like, and the oh. dagger is, like, super cool and is made of, like, woven bone and, like, bloodstone, which is, like, one of the only things that can kill, yeah. like, a craven. Mm-hmm. And then now Hawk is, like extra intrigued um um, which quickly becomes his favorite word he's constantly saying it to her i'm so intrigued by you you're so intriguing so intriguing and then as he's about to kiss her again someone named kieran knocks on the door and is like hello hawk our envoy and supplies have arrived and hawk's like boner instantly deflates and tells poppy to wait for him he's literally like please stay here i'll be back he's begging he's like please stay and she says she will um which finally makes him leave but obviously Poppy had her like fingers crossed and then she leaves. Um, so then the next morning, Poppy is chilling with her friend Tawny, who is also set to ascend soon. Um, and Tawny is actually assigned as Poppy's companion, but they ended up being like really like good friends. And then you actually find out that literally no one is allowed to talk to Poppy. Like she's not allowed to have friends. Yeah. Like Tawny. Technically like Tawny being her friend is like not allowed. Yeah. Like it's just supposed to be like her companion so she doesn't like die of boredom I Exactly. Guess. But they, they ended up becoming like really yeah. close. And Tawny is essentially like grilling Poppy because she knows that Poppy wasn't in her room last night. And she's like, where were you? Like tell me. I want to know. Uh, and then Poppy eventually gives in and is like, oh, I snuck out to the Red Pearl. And Tawny's like, you bitch. I can't believe you didn't take me with you. A true friend. Like not even mad that you broke the rules. Just mad that you broke the rules. Like without next them. time I'm coming. Next time you try and commit treason against the crown, take I'm me with you. <laughs> Poppy wants to tell Tawny about Hawk and dish about like their wonderful time but she doesn't trust like tawny a hundred percent because you know that information could be used against her right she has to be really cautious um and then tawny's like all right keep your secrets and she tells poppy that she better not go without her again (laughs) she's like next time i'm coming next time fucking wake me up so then we also get like a little sneak peek into poppy's closet which is literally just filled with a bunch of white gowns and veils yes and like this one red dress that she's going to wear to like the upcoming right which is the last right before she ascends and it's like the only one she'll be allowed to attend it's it's kind of like a party so clearly it's fun aka she's not allowed to go but they're making i thought the right was like the party before the people ascended or something yeah so well i think the right is also where they give more people to be ascended that doesn't sound like a party that sounds depressing it's depressing for them a party for everyone else i guess so if it's fun, it's like, she's here, not- take my children from me. Yeah. Well, I, I and think- And let's party about that. I mean, like, I, that I sounds think terrible. some people definitely view it as an honor. I guess. But again, if you've been raised in a way to believe something, then like, obviously you think it's like, cool. So, I don't know. Again, take from that what you will. So then, Tawny, um, shits on the mood and is like, oh, I heard that the mist is gathering by the blood force, which is not good because, again- with a mist means cravens. And she also tells Poppy not to worry about ascending because it's a chance at a new life and not a death sentence. And I'm like, well, you don't know that. L- literally, you don't, you don't know, know that. that. Um, but Poppy is like unconvinced, but she feels bad for being such a Debbie Downer when Tawny is so excited about ascending. So Tawny tells her not to worry, that she's still a good friend, and that basically like ends that conversation. Yeah. 
we kind of like, I don't know, you you kind of confirm right now for sure that Poppy doesn't 100% know that she wants to ascend. She's scared. She's unsure. She feels really crappy about it. She feels bad because like she of all people should be like insanely excited because she's like the maiden. But like I say, trust your gut, Poppy. If it feels bad, it probably is. Exactly. But then later that night, Victor comes to uh, their room and tells Poppy that... um they've been summoned because there's a cursed and you're like oh what does that mean what is this well we'll tell you so victor and poppy sneak out and go to this house that has like a handkerchief on the door which is like a symbol or a signal for them which i mean i always thought a handkerchief on the door meant like don't come in we're having sex i thought that was a sock i thought anything on the door oh maybe well it's a complete opposite here because something on the door means come right in um because bad things are happening exactly so this handkerchief actually would also be considered treason because what they're about to do is not allowed so this woman named agnes opens the door and her husband marlo is a huntsman for the rise and he returned home a couple days ago and he started to show signs of the curse and now wants to end his life so he can go to the gods as himself so i think there's a little bit of a time delay between when you're bitten by a craven like, it takes time for you to yeah. turn into yeah. full-blown craven after so, being bitten. And I guess the reason why a lot of people put the handkerchief and try and call them and why this would be considered treason for Victor and Poppy is that when someone is infected by a craven, they're, like, dragged into the middle of the town square and, like, made an example yeah, of like as a show. Yeah, burned at a stake, yeah. essentially. As, like, a show of power yeah. of the, like, city being, like, oh, like, see what happens to craven, like, we'll protect you kind of thing. Um, Poppy asks where Marlo is, and when Agnes realizes that Poppy is a woman, she says that she's heard rumors of a child of the gods who has a gift to help people. So Poppy, like, brushes off, um, the rumors, but makes Agnes, like, touch her hand, like, they're kind of, like, holding hands. And when she does, Poppy uses her gift to send good thoughts into Agnes, basically taking away some of Agnes's, like, extreme pain Mm -hmm. and agony at the thought of, you know, her husband is dying. Um, so I guess the gift works two ways. She can feel people's emotions and she can also to a degree send emotions through her gift Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And can you just think about like how amazing that would be during sex? Like you're feeling both people's emotions at the same time. Like just sensory. It's like double the orgasm. It's like a vibrator in your brain. Right? Amazing. Just a thought. Just a thought. So yeah, she does the thing. She takes away some of Agnes's pain. And when Poppy goes in to see Marlo, he's in incredible pain. He's already in the middle of changing into a craven. Like literally, I think it's like about to happen. Um, you want to know something? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to call myself out. Yeah. When I first read this book, every time I saw craven, I read cra- I read kraken. <laughs> like, like, release the kraken. Release the kraken. This is actually a story that takes place on the high seas. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not what it says. Anyways. No, craven. Sidebar. Um, so she he's in like the middle of changing like it's literally about to happen she sees the bite marks on him which is like four holes because i think the craven have like four like can like incisors like canines um those oh, are- it's not two no i think craven is four. Oh, okay, okay okay um marlo knows that poppy's there to give him like a dignified death and before that happens he tells her that he wasn't the only one that was bitten and returned home a man named ridley was also bitten and returned to the city so just before Marlo completely turns, Poppy kills him with the bloodstone dagger by stabbing it into his brainstem, which I guess... It's a common way to kill people. Like, yeah, I feel like I did it in every um, book. Blood and Honey as yeah. well. I, I guess it's quick because your brainstem holds those like autonomic functions. It just your... literally like, detaches exactly. your spine from your brain. Exactly. Your brainstem is like breathing, swallow. Like It's just like 
you're done kind of thing. So I, in a sense, I guess it's... Um, a quick test? Yeah, exactly. Then her thoughts turn to finding Ridley because if Marlo and him were bitten at the same time, they might have like a craven Ridley running loose in the city soon. So mm-hmm. she's like panicking a little bit. She's like, fuck. So Victor and Poppy leave and they go to Ridley's house um, where they are surprised to find that Ridley's father actually took care of the problem and like... Ridley's already dead. Yeah. So crisis averted. So I guess this is not something that people do often by themselves. Like not, obviously not everyone has like the fucking courage to like kill a family member, even if it's like their dying wish Mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah. So they travel back towards the castle through this forest called the Grove that no one goes into. And they use it to sneak in and out of the queen's garden and castle. Um, Then Victor is concerned that people are talking about Poppy and he urges her to be careful, especially about using her gift. Victor thinks um, that she's doing this because she couldn't help her parents as they were dying. So she, you know, is helping other people. Yeah. So clearly you get the insinuation that her parents died via craven craven attack. attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he also thinks she's doing this because she wants to be caught by the Duke, who is the ruler of Macedonia. And she like lives with the Duke and Duchess. Um, And essentially, potentially be found unworthy of ascension. And again, Poppy denies this, but Victor tells her that no matter what, she will not be found unworthy and that she shouldn't do things that may cause the Duke to punish her. Whatever that means. And we find out what that means. And you get the vibe that this seems to be a too common thing. Like yeah. a regular reoccurring thing. Yes. Later that night, Poppy thinks about how she does all these like rebellious things to exercise what little choice she has and then on some like unconscious level she realizes that she may be doing this to ensure that she won't ascend yeah she's finally admitting it to himself yes. herself right yeah self-aware queen yes truly she's like listen i want to do this i don't really like being a maiden yeah and like i feel you so instead of just coming out and saying like fuck you i don't want to be a maiden she's doing things hoping that like someone else will be like fuck you you can't be a maiden so yeah she's like hoping that someone like catches her doing something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know oh well you can't be the maiden anymore and she's like oh my god really i can't be the maid oh my god i'm so i'm so sad i am so shocked i did not see this coming yeah but um poppy exits her room to find ryland her other personal guard and they decide to take a walk to the queen's garden which is something they do frequently at night um and then on their way there they run into creepy ass lord mazen I've heard people say Mazine, Mazin. Oh, I like Mazin. I like Mazin too, but I'm thinking because of the double E, it's Mazine. I'm just going to go with Mazin. Okay, so here we are acknowledging that it's probably Mazine, but we're going to say Mazin because it sounds... Because that's how I prefer it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so Lord Mazin <laughs> wants to speak to Poppy privately, and he's basically being disgusting and super gross and is you know, like coming on to her in all the wrong ways. And she's like not into it. Um, and they keep saying that, you know, he misses her lessons with the Duke. Ugh. That, that, see, that can't be good. Yeah. Disgusting. And he's like cornering her and like just touching her very inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, hello, she's a maiden. Like keep your hands off her. Yeah. She doesn't want to be a maiden, but she doesn't, doesn't want, want you to de-maiden her. Exactly. She wants Hawk to do that. But anyways. Oh, don't we all. Um, and, but then they hear a scream and they run towards a room where Rylan is and he's, he tries to stop Poppy from like looking inside. But when she does, there is a woman literally lying dead with like two puncture wounds in her neck and a broken neck. 
Yikes. So obviously they take Poppy back to her room because, you know, Poppy can't be around when there's like shit going down. And back in her room, Poppy, Rylan, and Tawny are all speculating about the cause of death while the castle is basically like on lockdown. So Tawny is like, it has to be a Craven. But Poppy says that the bite looked odd because again, remember Craven leave the four puncture wounds, but um, there were only two on the dead woman whose name is Melissa. And Poppy also says that the kill was too too clean there was no blood spilled like and a craven would never break someone's neck like that like the kill was too clean clean conscious no like blood it seemed anywhere. like there was like you know someone was there in their right mind they did it purposely they left it, like you know it just they killed like the person before they could tr- turn into a craven yeah and like the thing is i think they mentioned too that melissa was last seen alive like less than an hour before she died so this happened rather quickly like mm-hmm. it's not like you know she turned no one it? saw her the next day who did exactly it? who did it this is one of the questions i who did it like asked Cass to tell me and, and she like, refused and i was like you do find out so victor um comes in to the room to give them an update that the castle has been searched and that nothing was found and he also tells them that the duke thinks it was the work of a dissenter which to me seems bullshit but i think the duke's just pulling stuff out of his ass and if he can pull something out that's going to make people hate the dissenters then like he's accomplished a couple things you know Mm -hmm. um victor and poppy speak alone for a moment because he wants to make sure that lord um mazin didn't do anything to her and Victor and Poppy also speculate that the death was caused by an Atlantean because Atlanteans, um, we come to find out, only have two fangs. Like they have the two top incisors. Just literal straight vampires. Yeah, like a more classic vampire kind of thing. So the next morning before anyone wakes up, Poppy goes down to this library thing to get a book so she can look into like Atlantean theory more. And here's what we learn. We learn that the Atlanteans look mortal and that they have like heightened abilities similar to the Ascended and that they go through their maturity around 19 to 21 where they start to like thirst. So I guess after they thirst, they have to drink blood, obviously. They also may become bonded with a wolven who are also thought to be like largely extinct. So werewolves? So Twilight. (laughs) And here we are. Back. It always comes back to Twilight. We're always fucking circling it back around. All I pictured when I read this part about a wolven and an Atlantean being bonded, I was like, if Edward and Jacob were best friends and like bonded to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Um, another life. Exactly. So we learn a little about their aging process. Like we literally, okay, so remember how we always complain that like, okay, fine, the character's 500 year old, but they look like 20. Mm -hmm. Like we get a good explanation of like, what they look like as they age, which I loved. So a 20-something-year-old Atlantean could actually be a couple hundred years old. So it seems like every couple centuries they, like, they age. like, age extremely a, yes, slowly. Yes, yes. Um, so Poppy remarks that the Atlantean maturity mirrors the ascension that she will go through, which makes sense because, like, they share the same gods, right? Um, so she's already kind of drawing parallels between Atlanteans and people from the Kingdom of Solus and the Ascended, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Before she leaves, she stops in the room where Melissa was killed, and she finds, like, a jasmine flower petal on the floor, which is odd because there are none of those flowers in the room. So she's like, hmm, perhaps I shall put this into evidence. And she, like, kind of makes a note of it. The detective that she is. Truly. Apparently, no one else can do the job. Like, the maiden's got to do it all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, later that night, Rylan comes in to get her and asks if she wants to go see the night-blooming roses in, like, the same, like the garden. And in the garden, they're, like, enjoying your night. They're having a great time. They're, chat- um, they're chatting. And suddenly, Rylan is shot through the chest with an arrow. And before he dies, he tells Poppy to run. And I'm like, 
damn. Okay, okay, it's happening. It's, it's ha- everything's happening so fast. Truly. So this man pops out of nowhere and like he's hiding behind like a hood and gets Poppy um, to go with him and promises not to hurt anyone else if she goes with him um, and as long as she complies. But obviously she doesn't go quietly and Poppy whips out her dagger and starts fighting this guy because apparently she's a badass fighter. Yeah, so... Have we mentioned it? I think... Um, I don't know, but she does train with Victor. Yeah. So, so she's actually a pretty badass fighter. Yeah. And, and he trained her under the table. Like, she's not... Yeah, she's not allowed to, yeah, it's, like, it's, know how to fight. Exactly. She's supposed to be this demure person yeah. who literally doesn't yeah. do anything. So I think she knows how to use a dagger, a bow, an arrow, like, swords. Like, he's she been... She can hold her own. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't want her to be helpless. Exactly. And neither does she. Exactly. Yeah. So she actually gets a solid stab into his chest and ends up seeing his face. And he's actually this like young guy. Then the guy starts like getting really dramatic and is like, I will feast on your entrails and bathe in your blood. I'm like, calm the fuck down, like, dude. Like, all right, like, sit down. Like, so she's just a badass fighter. Like, Literally, like, relax. Like, maybe someone needs to practice their fighting and it's not her. Yeah, and maybe someone needs to go to anger management, dude. Yeah. Like, and then he actually ends up leaving because I think like, he hears like a whistle from far away, which is like signaling mm-hmm. him to leave. Well, she, I think she screamed when Rylan uh, died too. Yeah. So I'm sure obviously, guards like are on whoever was trying to kidnap her didn't realize that she was like, you know, a or, fighter. Or like she, that she exactly, could hold her own. Exactly. They expected to be like, you know, like just throw her over your shoulder and like skedaddle. Easy. Quick, quick little thing. And she was like, nope, not today. Like, nope. I have a secret talent. Exactly. My secret talent is I can stab you. I'm a bad bitch. That's my secret talent. Yeah. So um, this guy leaves. Poppy runs back to Rylan. And then um, Victor and another guard end up finding her. Um, And then later on, they're in the Duchess's um, office. And you find out that the Duchess's name is Jacinta. Mm -hmm. Um, And like they're in her sitting room, whatever. And the Duchess is like, how the fuck did this guy get into the garden and this close to the taking the maiden? Good Mm. question. I mean, good question. Honestly, fair question. Yeah. And then she orders for all these like trees to be torn down because they have like created a hole in the garden wall, which is obviously how these people got in. Yes. And Poppy is like upset by this because they actually use the hole in the wall to access like secret training grounds so that he can train Poppy. Yeah. But also I think she's upset because the trees are like these ancient, beautiful, like things. And they're just going to like chop them down. Yeah. They're like, fuck it. Yeah. We don't like trees in this exactly. house. Um, but the Duchess starts like talking shit about Rylan, um, saying like, oh, he was so unprepared. And Victor kind of agrees. Um, and Poppy's not happy about that. Yeah. He's basically saying that like the guards are getting too complacent and comfy and like essentially letting their guard down because they think like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Like yeah. everything's always fine. And clearly it wasn't. Um, but then Poppy begs the Duchess not to tell her brother or the queen because she doesn't want them to worry. But the Duchess is like, no can do. I gotta tell the queen. And then it's up to the queen who she tells. Exactly. Um, but then the Duchess tells them that um, they think it was a dissenter or even possibly an Atlantean because the arrow that killed Ryland carried the Dark One's promise, which is from blood and ash, we shall rise. Hey, there's the title <laughs> of the book. There you go. Someone said it. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so the Duchess is like... The Dark One has come for you, and when the Queen finds out, she may call you to the capital. And obviously Poppy is like, fuck. She don't want to go. Because I think if she goes to the capital, like, she's got to leave her friends behind, right? Well, also, I think if she goes to the capital, she'll probably have to stay there until her ascension. Yeah, I I don't think Because her her ascension's soon, I think. Well, she's 18, right? She's 18 in this. And her ascension is at... When she's 19, yeah. 
Um, so walking back to her room, Poppy is asking Victor when Rylan's funeral will be. Um, because she obviously, I think she feels guilty. She feels insanely guilty that he died while he was kind of like guarding her. And maybe she could have done more to save him. Like if she had been more alert, et cetera, et cetera. But Victor's like, listen, you know, you can't go to the funeral. And he was just doing his duty just as I would if I were to die protecting you. He's like, it's just part of the job, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he also tells her that he stands by what he said, that Rylan became, like, really complacent, but he was still a good man. Like, it doesn't mean he deserved to die, you know? Um, when Poppy is left alone, she's taking a bath and looking at her scars because we know she has, like, more than the ones on her face. So she, it kind of, like, takes her down this train of thought where she starts thinking about her mother. And you learn that Poppy's mother never ascended because she fell in love with someone who wasn't a lord. So I have a question. I, is it only lords? Like, like wealthy or well-off people that can ascend that doesn't really this make sense a- though because like i thought it was all second sons and second daughters. i also thought this but then when i read this i was like wait maybe he just wasn't a second son and that's why he couldn't i don't know anyways i was a little confused but maybe she didn't want to ascend because he couldn't because he wasn't a second, a second son, son? Like, he was first yeah maybe she wanted to live like a normal average lifespan with him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know Pro- that's probably it so yeah she fell in love with someone and poppy's mother petitioned the queen who she was actually really good friends with to not ascend and the queen granted her that so clearly the queen really liked poppy's mom like, mm-hmm. like they, they were, were bffs co- yeah um tawny comes into her room then saying that she can't sleep and like all she's thinking about is like melissa and the possibility that the dark one is actively trying to steal poppy like she's really worried she's also wondering if poppy is going to get called to the capital and poppy is worried that the queen might try and move up the ascension so now not only is she worried that she's going to go to the capital and have to stay there to her ascension she's worried that she's going to have to go to the capital and they're going to move up her ascension so she won't have time anymore Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure she's seeing the ascension as essentially like a death sentence and to death as life as she knew it. So the next day, Victor actually does take Poppy to Ryland's funeral, which I thought was very kind. Well, of I him. think she was kind of like, I'm going, I don't really care what you say. Yeah, so you might as well like deal like with it. Either I, you know, we either go peacefully together or I make a scene. Exactly. And he's like, all right, fine. He's like, fuck, fine. So when they're at the funeral, Victor wants to go forward towards like the funeral pyre. Like, because I think he's the gonna one who's going to light it. it. Yeah. yeah, because he was closest to Ryland exactly. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he obviously hesitates because that means that he ha- he would have to leave Poppy alone. And, like, there's a shit ton of guards around. Like, it's literally all these guards attending the funeral. But he's still worried. Mm-hmm. So this is when Mr. Hawk Flynn comes up and is like, I have her. And I'm like... Yes, you do, I honey wish boo-boo. you would have me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Victor, Don't we all? D- literally. Victor's like, oh, people say your skill is unmatched. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he's basically like, gassing up Hawk or whatever. And Hawk is like, I think he makes this comment and he's like, my greatest skill is killing people or something like that. Or, or like Victor asks him, like, what are you good at? And he was like killing. So he's really up in his own shit about like how wonderful he is. Victor then goes, she is the future of the kingdom. Kind of saying that like Hawk better watch her like a hawk. (laughs) Okay. Um... (laughs) That was a really lame joke. I'm so sorry. It was. That's okay. I laughed. And then Hawk goes, I know who I stand beside, which makes Poppy giggle because like, or want to giggle at least because she's like, oh fuck. Like, does he recognize me? And like, know that it was me who was kissing him. Maybe he does. Maybe he does though. 
I don't know. I don't know. Then she starts to get nervous because out of all the guards, he was the only one who stepped forward to protect her at the funeral while Victor was gone. So she's like, yo, these guards have known me literally my whole life. Like, why is he the one doing it? And that's when she starts panicking. Like, maybe he does actually know who I am. And that's why he did it. Hawk interrupts her thoughts by telling her that she does Rylan and all of them a great honor by being there. And then he also says this. He was like, you were hurt. You can be assured that will never happen again. (sighs) I am and I'm on swooning. The floor. And I'm on the floor. I'm, and I'm on the floor. So, Ugh. yeah, he's great. Just love him. I love him. So we're starting to see, like, way more of him. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, Kate, at this point in time, Rylan is dead. I think another one of her guards had died earlier Previously, of, like, a yeah, heart like, attack or yeah. something. Now there's only Victor. So someone has to replace Ryland. Oh, who's I it wonder be? who it's gonna who's it gonna be? be. So Poppy and Victor are training right now, and Poppy is winning. Uh, and Poppy asks Victor who he thinks will replace Ryland. Um, and she actually brings up Hawk, and Victor says that his age makes it unlikely that he'll be re- the person that, who replaces Ryland. But also, Hawk is extreme, extremely skilled, more so than all the other guards. Exactly. So maybe he will be. The person hmm. who replaces Ryland. So Wouldn't that be convenient for the plot? Yeah, essentially he doesn't know. But Poppy is like, oh, but he doesn't know the city. And Victor says that that actually might be, you know, an advantage since he would see things differently. Um, And Poppy is nervous at the prospect of Hawk becoming her guard because, you know, if he becomes her guard, at some point she'd have to, like, talk to him. <laughs> she'd <laughs> right? have to like, use her have, voice. Exactly. And then he might recognize her as the person from the Red Pearl. And that, like, concerns her because she thinks, well, what if he, like, uses that against her to, like, rise up the ranks yeah. and the guards? These couple chapters, like, and we talked about this when, because we summarize the, the books while, like, before we do the episodes. Mm-hmm. There were so many pages of literally just Poppy being like, does Hawk know who I am? Does he know who I am? Does he know I was the one at the Red Pearl? Is Hawk going to use it against me? I wonder what Hawk is thinking. What? And I'm like damn, girl, just talk to him. It's okay. Well, it's not okay, but she spends multiple pages Mm -hmm. in this train of thought. So then later, Poppy is in the Great Hall witnessing a city council meeting and Poppy is looking for Hawk in the hall and when she finds him, he's already like staring at her. These two eye fuck each other all the time. Even before they officially knew each other, like he, she was constantly watching him from the balcony. Yeah, but he didn't like notice her yet. I know, but now he's staring at her all the time. He's like, yeah. Oh, you know when you can feel someone's eyes on you? Like when you turn around, you're like, no. Okay, but like it's not always like someone I want to be looking at me. No, of course not. It's it, Honestly, it's usually never someone who yeah, you want right? to be looking at you. <laughs> so then the these like people, Mr. and Mrs. like Tulis, step forward to speak with the Duke and Duchess. And the Tulis say that their first son died three months ago and that their second son also passed away from the same sickness. Okay. And I think it's important to note here that I think the sickness is a blood illness, right? What does that mean, though? Good question. Keep your curiosity. Keep those thoughts. So, like, this is, like, a mysterious illness that afflicts quite a few people, actually. And it is a blood illness. So, just... Do you find out what this is later? Yes, you do. Interesting. Interesting. Keep it in mind. So, they present their third son. And they actually request that the Duke and Duchess speak to the gods to see if their third son can not be considered for the right when it com- when he comes of age. And like, are they actually speaking to the gods or are they like speaking to the gods? Right, like, are, are these gods, go in- yeah. are these gods real? Like, yeah. I don't know. 
is there like a room like is there a meeting room and you're like hey hello hi so i have this family here or do they like go in a room and they like speak with the gods and And they they just just kind of like decide yes or no exactly exactly yeah um, but the Duke and Duchess flat out refuse, saying that um, the Tulis' third son is a gift to the gods, not from the gods. What a concept. And I'm like, like that seems backwards. Fuck you, they that's made fine. that kid. Yeah. Um, then Poppy notices how some people in the audience seem angered by the Duke and Duchess's response, including Hawk. Even Poppy thinks that their response makes no sense. Like, what's the harm in asking the gods? Because she has a fucking brain and she's like a caring person. Like, yeah. She's like, why? well, why can't there, you know, be exceptions to the rule? And I think, like, this kind of starts to show that the Ascended are, like, almost heartless. heartless. Yes. And you get, you find out this out a little bit later in this section of the book. Yes. It's just a very, like... Like, they seem very cold as if they have no Yeah, emotions. like, they give no fucks about you. Yeah. Like, they really don't. It's, it's very... It's like they're empty. Like, exactly. it's... Yeah. So... Poppy is not doing well, needless to say, with all the stress, especially with what happened to the Tulis family. Like, she's constantly thinking about it. And she's thinking about how there were so many people looking at the Duke and Duchess with distaste over how they treated this family and how Hawk had looked at them like that, too. Like, she's, again, repeating these, like, observations that she had um, in the previous chapter. Uh, It just doesn't sit well with her. And, and yeah, she's, she's very like disenchanted with like this whole situation. So Poppy is hanging out with Tawny when Victor interrupts them, which it seems like he's constantly doing. He's always like, hi, hello. Hi, hello. I have something to tell you. And tells her she's been summoned by the Duke and Duchess and they're all going to talk about who is going to replace Rylan. Wonder who that could be. I wonder. It's going to be fucking Hawk for sure. Obviously. Obviously. So obviously, when they get to the office, Hawk is there looking all hot in like leather and iron armor, just standing there being Hawk. This being beautiful. I I love this man. He's seduced me throughout this novel. You hardly know me. (laughs) I love you. No, literally, I'm like obsessed with him. Um, and you're right, like, we really don't know anything about him not yet anyways but his banter with poppy is elite it is which i think makes me love him even more they essentially instate hawk as her new guard saying that they know he's new and young but they think it could be an asset because he will see things other people didn't so basically echoing what like victor said they also like the fact that he has experience traveling outside the rise for when poppy eventually has to travel to the capital so i think the whole spiel is like well, when she has to travel to the capital, they can't send this massive caravan of guards because that's going to attract attention. So I think they're hoping to just put together a small select group of like highly skilled guards to like transport her. So obviously Hawk is like a massive asset. Um, the captain of the guard is literally the biggest fan of Hawk. He has like a big fat heart on for Hawk. He's his number one fan. Like he pushed for Hawk to be instated as like Poppy's royal guard. He's like, yes, Hawk, you are the man for the job. So now the Duchess is like, all right, since Hawk is your royal guard, he may find himself in a situation when he will see your face. So I think the only people who are allowed to see your face are Tawny. The Duke and Duchess. And and her her personal guards. Yeah. AKA Hawk. So to prevent Hawk from being like shocked when he sees her face and like maybe a sticky situation, um, the Duchess tells Poppy to unveil herself. And at this point, Poppy's like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> yeah. even though Hawk didn't see her whole face at the Red Pearl, she's worried somehow he, you know, might recognize her. They're gonna know. How would they know? They're gonna know. <laughs> How would they know? 
Literally, though. So the Duke is watching her because he's an absolute asshole and can't wait for Hawk to see her scarred face. He's so rude. Like, he he's taking just, like, disgusting pleasure in the fact that, like, I think he's hoping Hawk finds her... Like, ugly? Yeah, repulsive. Yeah. So Poppy removes her veil and is, like, staring at Hawk, waiting for his reaction. And the Duke is like, oh, half of her face, a masterpiece, half a nightmare. Um, and because... Hawk has a massive dick. Um, he says, both halves are as beautiful as the whole. And then he goes like, with my sword, with my life, I vow to keep you safe, Penelope. From this moment until the last moment, I am yours. Yay! I am yours in every way possible. Big dick energy. Yeah. Big dick energy from Hawk right no, there. No, it's huge. It's, like, it's gotta be. It's taking up the whole room. It it's is definitely considerable air. length. It is such. I would even venture to say it's more than just considerable length. Like, I feel like it's constructed beautifully, you know? Like, every part of it. <laughs> I'm really Damn. waxing poetic about um, his um, penis, but I feel like it deserves it. Anyways, enough about his penis, which we haven't seen yet anyways. Oh, but we will. Oh, we will. Um, Back in her room, Poppy is all, like, hot and bothered because, like, Hawk swore to her using um, her name and not her like title as the maiden. And Tawny is being a good best friend is, and is basically like, did you see that hottie? Oh my gosh, he's such a big, fat, juicy piece of ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my guard. gosh, he's your guard now. Like yeah. you're so lucky. And Poppy is clearly uncomfortable and Tawny is like, all right, what are you hiding? So Poppy actually spills the bean about the red pearl and tells her that like they kissed. And Tawny is like, OMG, like, are you kidding me? Why didn't you say anything, like, before? And, like, please tell me everything in graphic detail. This is so true. Like, you know, when you get together with your friends and they're like, tell me every detail. Don't spare anything. Mm-hmm. And you know what this reminds me of? You know that episode in Friends where Rachel and Ross finally kiss and Ross is with the guys and Rachel is with the girls and... Ross is like, I kissed Rachel. And the guys were like, how was it? And Ross is like, good. And they're like, okay, sick. And then it switches to the girls and Rachel's like, I kissed Ross. And they're like, tell us everything. Where were his hands? Like, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, his hands went slowly in my... That's the difference. Mm -hmm. We'll give you every detail. Yep. Whether you wanted it or not. So Poppy basically does, but I think she leaves some details out. Um, And Tawny is like, why didn't you stay when he asked you to stay? Uh, and then Tawny actually goes, I have a feeling you wouldn't be a maiden if you stayed. Oh, well. <laughs> and she's not wrong. No, literally. Um, and then Poppy tells her that she's nervous about Hawk recognizing her because what if he holds it against her and threatens to tell the Duke? And Tawny's like, well, doesn't matter now because things are about to get a lot more interesting around here. Literally, I think Tawny's excited. She's yeah. like, yes, let's go. She's like, I'm here for the drama. She's like Poppy and Hawk's biggest like fan. Yeah. She's like, yes, get together, girl. Get, get your rocks off at least once. I think it's nice too that he swore using her name and not saying like the maiden. Which I think is like technically not what he was supposed to have said not and and she like ruminates on that she's like oh my god did he not know the words like but nah nah he knew the words it it was a fucking choice he amended what he was supposed to again massive dick energy he was like you're penelope not the maiden Ugh. the next day poppy is in the atrium with tawny and they're joined by these two ladies in waiting lauren and Dafina. and this is a big no-no because poppy isn't allowed to interact with people remember like Mm -hmm. she's literally not allowed to have friends so she's nervous and stressed out about this because it might be mis like even though she's not talking to them it might be misconstrued as her socializing which is bad um 
but she's mainly stressed out because Hawk is standing in the corner opposite of her, watching her intently. He's just like staring at her, staring at the room, in there with his big dick, taking up a lot of space. So the ladies in wait are there sewing their masks for the upcoming right. Like I think they're sewing like beads on them or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Onto they're, their domino masks. Yeah, they're or doing fucking arts and crafts basically, and they're being super flirty and trying to catch Hawk's attention. And I think one of them even like spills her like beads on the floor. One of them like swoons and like fake faints and mm-hmm. like catches her before she falls to the ground. Literally, or something. I would have let her fall, but I'd have been like, Oh you, no! Oh you no! Fell. You fell. You're on the ground. Nobody's gonna help and her. No one's gonna help her. Literally. Um, um, they're also gossiping about the fact that Hawk likes to frequent the Red Pearl and they're imagining up all the things he could possibly be doing there. And honestly, same girl. I am also imagining what he is doing there. Um, then they start talking about this woman named Miss Willa who lived like, I don't know, like 200 years ago or something. And apparently Miss Willa wrote a really raunchy diary about like all her sex capades and like all her lovers and stuff. And they wonder if um, Hawk made it into the diary. And that's how they kind of, that's their litmus test to say like, oh, like he's a good lover if he made it into Miss Willa's diary. But I think they also mentioned like the book is now considered like a sacred piece of literature now or something. And I love that so much. It's so funny. Like um, basically like erotic literature. And and there's a copy in the library and everything. It's not like some banned book. Like everyone knows about it. This distracts Poppy and she starts fantasizing again. And while she's fantasizing, the other girls are talking about Prince Castile remember this is like the dark dark one one. and how there's rumors that he's causing all this havoc personally like it's not his dissenters and he's the one burning down houses and um he's doing all this shit himself so lauren expresses that she's intrigued about what could go down if prince castile is really in the city and this is when poppy snaps and is like oh so people dying and rebellion excites you great you're like a wonderful human being and this causes lauren to like apologize profusely and this causes her and Dafina to skedaddle off and Tanya is like, hee hee, you scared them away. Which like she kind of did, but honestly, Lauren, that was a bitchy thing to say. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, burning things down should not excite you that much. Obviously, their conversation turns to Hawk because what else is there to do these days? And Tanya is telling Poppy to just speak in front of him and get it over with, regardless if he recognizes her or not. She's like, enough is enough. Get it over with. Hawk pops up at this very moment and starts chatting with Tanya. And this is when he learns that like Poppy is Penelope's nickname and he really likes it and he calls her Poppy, which I think he's literally not supposed to do, Um, but I think she enjoys it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he only pops in to tell Poppy that he has to escort her to the Duke's office and as he's doing this, she finally like talks in front of him and he doesn't say anything. Like it's not like he's like... (gasps) Your voice. You're from the Red Pearl. I know that voice. Like, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't react. No. She actually trips and he, like, catches her and they're, like, bantering a bit. The best parts of this novel are them talking. Yes. Ugh. Can I bring something up before we move on about mm-hmm. the dialogue? Can you remember, oh, okay. remember how I went on my rant the last time about how, like, dialogue is really important for me in a novel? Mm-hmm. So as I was reading this, I had a thought. And one of our listeners, Emma, actually had the same thought. So it's basically like this novel clearly takes place in somewhere that's like kind of medieval, I would say, or Mm -hmm. medieval vibes. Like they describe the clothes as like pretty old school, like all of the concepts are really old school, but the dialogue is very modern. Like it almost doesn't match up to like the world description. I know, but I I find that a commonality within YA novels. Yes, yes. And... I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, 
especially for the most part, it doesn't really bring me out of the story. There was one part where I think Hawk used the word totally in such a weird way that I was like, oh my God, this sounds like it was right. Like, like this could take place in like 2020, the way he used that word. And I think it's because like, it's almost easy to digest setting and description as old, but remember really formal dialogue, I think is really hard to write. Mm-hmm. So I think it just makes the book more digestible when um, there's modern dialogue. But this is something I noticed. And like when Emma emailed us, I was like, yes, I noticed that too. But I honestly don't hate it. I'm totally fine with it. I look past it. I love the dialogue. I'm obsessed. Um. Anyways, they're going to the Duke. Um, Hawk picks up on the fact that Poppy isn't happy to be going to the Duke's office. He's like, you know, getting all the vibes. So Hawk tells her he's going to wait outside for her. And then when Poppy walks into the office, she sees the Duke and Gross asks Lord Nazan waiting for her. Yucky. Already, you know, this is not going to go down well. Mm-hmm, this is, mm-hmm, What's mm-hmm. about to go down is not good. Exactly. So um, the Duke makes Poppy take off her veil um, and he starts being like, a big creep and says that she's grows more beautiful every time he sees her disgusting but it's still it is still such a shame about the scars on her face like thanks fuck you yeah and he tells her that she looks so much like her mother and she is shocked to hear that because um she didn't know that the duke knew her mother and the duke then brings up that priestess um analia yeah i say analia yeah analia came to see him and told him that during her last visit Poppy did not engage in any conversation with the priestesses. Oh my god. Like, I'm already big eye roll. I'm already annoyed with her. Yeah. Um, like, I'm just getting major, like, Ianthi vibes from this priestess. Why is there always a bitchy priestess? I don't know. I don't know. Justice for priestesses. I feel like most of them are probably really nice, but... Not the ones that we read about. Exactly. He then brings up that he found out that she was just in the atrium speaking with two of the ladies in wait, which is, like, not allowed. And Poppy is pretty shocked that she that he found out about it so fast. Like obviously he has like a million people like just like watching her at all times. Apparently, honestly, like what if even like Lauren and Dafina were like you know being bitches and like felt embarrassed about the whole thing. So and they went were to like, hotel. So they were like, she was in the atrium and, and she, she didn't like leave and, uh, and she said this to me. How rude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then. Um, Poppy apologizes to him, saying that she should have left when they entered, but didn't because they were talking about the upcoming ride and she was curious about it. The Duke also says that her relationship with Tawny has become far too familiar, which is bad because the maiden does not seek intimacies of the heart or mind with those who serve them. Is she supposed to be alone her whole life? Like, what do they want from her? All I'm saying, like, every single time I find out something new about the maiden, I'm like, listen... I would not want that. Sounds like a bad job description. Like, I don't know who would want it. I don't know. Would not send in my resume. Yeah. He also brings up the look she gave him when Hawk was named Ryland's replacement. He's just like listing all these shit that she did wrong, apparently. And this guy is grasping at fucking straws. Yeah. He's he, looking he's for looking a reason. For some reason to like be like, oh, you misbehaved. He fucking... I hate him. Yeah. So, <laughs> except that when he talks about Ryland's replacement, he calls Ryland ryan and this pisses poppy off to the point where she like actually like out loud corrects him mm-hmm. um and then he says that for all these reasons poppy needs a lesson and then tells her that four lashes would suffice so now we find out what the lessons are poppy is being whipped caned yeah. lashed yeah. Ugh. and poppy is like pissed and she decides to be like sassy in this moment and she's like are you sure four lashes is enough no girl and then the Duke is like, well, all right, what about seven? And then obviously Poppy like shuts her mouth and she's like, 
I don't want more than that. So yikes. So she takes her shirt off and then he uses a cane and starts hitting her back. Um, and then she's actually trying to like cover her chest with her arm, but like sicko Mason like forces her arms to her sides and watches as the Duke like continues to cane her like seven times. I think they just get off on this. Like, yeah, it's so fucked up. Yeah, it's so gross. And, and so now we know that like these lessons happen entirely too frequently and she's kind of made like she's abused essentially mm-hmm. like sexually like physically like mentally oh this poor the duke girl is a bad guy he's awful um so when poppy leaves the duke's office victor is waiting for her instead of hawk to which she's like relieved because i guess she doesn't she just doesn't want hawk to see her like, like that. she obviously trusts and knows victor so much better so yeah and she doesn't want to go through the trouble of like explaining to hawk like the whole situation blah 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 so victor knows what goes on in the office and victor feels awful and he takes her back to her room and tells her to be careful around the duke and to try not to piss him off which i mean okay that would great, require but... her like not breathing yeah or apparently everything she does or pisses on, the duke off. on the flip side maybe the duke could just stop being an asshole and we can stop blaming poppy for like you know, being a normal Apparently human being. not in this world. Ugh. Poppy retorts back and is like, well, what would the Duke do if he found out that we've been training? And Victor is like, I literally don't care what happens to me, only you. And he is giving me major, like, dad energy right here. Like, mm-hmm. Poppy's dad, you know? He also tells her that Hawk came to find him when he realized that Poppy looked distressed. I guess Hawk thought that maybe, like, Victor would spill the beans, but... Victor is just, um, like, Victor didn't say anything to Hawk and just relieved him of his duty for the night. And he was like, honestly, don't worry about it. Like, I got her from here kind of thing. Poppy comments that Hawk is observant, but clearly Victor doesn't think that's a good thing. Hawk is like a hawk, you know? <laughs> He's just very observant. He's very observant. He's got good eyesight, that man. Um, Poppy ends up staying in her room for a couple days while her, like, welts and wounds heal. Um, she doesn't want, uh, she doesn't want Hawk to see her as weak. And this is when we get, like, just a couple of pages of her thinking about Hawk, pondering if Hawk recognized her, being slightly disappointed if Hawk didn't recognize. It's like, she doesn't know what she wants. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, on one hand, she's like, oh, like, I don't want him to recognize me. But then on the other hand, she's like, I'm so upset he didn't recognize me. Like, how could he not? Anyways. And then she sees something outside the window. And what she sees is mist rolling in. And then the warning sounds are blaring. Like, I guess, like, to be like, like, something's happening. And there's clearly a craven attack coming towards the city. This is when Tawny bursts into Poppy's room. And as Poppy is getting ready to, like, go out to the rise and help defend it, like a fucking crazy person, she's literally like all right, I'm gonna get my stuff. I'm gonna go to the rise. I'm gonna help defend it. Tawny's like, hello, like you literally cannot go. And Poppy's just like, shh, it's okay, baby. You can't stop me. So you might as well accept it. So Tawny's just like, you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. And is like, all right, at least make sure you're careful and make sure you cover your face. So Poppy grabs a cloak, her dagger and a fucking bow and arrow and is like, see ya. So Poppy ends up making it to the rise high up on like this battlement with other um archers and i think she like stays away from them she's not yeah they don't i mean they're too busy like trying to yeah defeat the craven to notice her anyways yeah but she's like better safe than sorry so she kind of like stays out of their way and she gets ready to kill some craven Mm -hmm. it's her favorite nighttime activity so poppy literally spends some lovely time killing craven um just shooting arrows right in their head. Like she's just she's, doing a great job. Yeah, she's excellent. She's an excellent shot. Yeah. And basically making sure that the guards are staying alive. She, I think she's got eyes on Victor. Yes, she's 
for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Victor's like pretty, he's holding his own. Obviously, yeah. 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 And then after all is said and done, um, you know, they do, the guards manage to defeat the Craven or whatever. They've killed them all. She hears someone behind her say, you must be the goddess Bele or Lila, given mortal form. I don't know, some of their gods, whatever. Yeah, and I think those are maybe the gods of like, I don't know. Archery? Art, war. War. Fighting. It's not badassery. Yeah. And then when she turns around, it's Hawk, bloody from the battle and looking at her with his like his big hard eyes. Yeah. He, he's like the hard eye emoji, like yeah, looking at her right like, now. like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Um, he calls her absolutely magnificent and beautiful, even though like he can't even see her face. Yeah. While Poppy has like a bow knocked and pointed towards him. <laughs> and he's obviously curious like who she is. And she's trying to get away from him and starts running, but he throws a dagger at her that catches her cloak, and then she rips it free and throws it and throws it straight at his face. And this man deadass catches it midair. Like he just like leans over and like catches this dagger, which a yeah. big dick energy literally exudes from this man. So he ends up catching her, and they're like chest to chest. And Poppy like pulls her bloodstone dagger on him, um, and puts it right. At his throat and this gives him like a massive boner and he calls her a stunning murderous creature i love this trope i love it so much where like the man like the man the male love interest is like turned on by how absolutely like badass the woman is yes and like like he doesn't find the thought of her killing someone repulsive it actually just like turns him on mm. and i know that's like a little bit sick but like I love it. I love it so much. But then he notices her dagger and then calls her princess because he realizes who she is. Um, and we gasp. Gasp. Truly. Oh, it's getting steamy. It's getting juicy. Okay. So Poppy is face palming because she forgot that he would recognize the dagger because he saw it when and they it were at the pretty unique dagger. Yeah. And, and I think he makes a comment on that. And he's like, oh, so no one has this, right? I think it's hard to get blood, bloodstone mm-hmm. I believe, and wolven bone. Who the fuck has wolven bones exactly. laying around? Poppy's like, you need to leave me the fuck alone. And he's like, after all we've been through, you're going to throw a dagger at me. Like he's being very dramatic and like bantery. And she's like, what do you mean what we've been through? It was only a few kisses, like relax. And he pretends to be like all her. And he's like, oh my God, you wound me. Like, what do you mean? Just a few kisses. Like, what the fuck? And they're bantering. And he's like, why didn't you wait? He brings up the million dollar question. I came back for you and you weren't there. And she's like, I couldn't. And he's like, I have a feeling if you really want something, nothing can stop you. Uh. And she's like, you know nothing. And he's like, maybe I know more than you realize. Do you really think I have no idea who you are? Penelope. Ah! So not only does he know that she's the person from the Ride of Pearl, he knows that uh, she's also the maiden. He's not stupid. Like, I don't know. I think she expected him to be like all in the dark. But when he said Penelope, like my heart dropped all the way to my vagina. Um, so at this point, I'm He's still my beating, beating vagina. vagina. At this point, like I'm literally dead. Like, and apparently he's known from the moment she removed her veil in the office. So mm-hmm. this man has known for a very long time. Yes. Um, he didn't tell the Duke because he knew that it would betray her trust. And as her personal guard, she like obviously needs to trust him. So Fair that was enough. his like logic. And I'm like, Fair, Fair enough. enough. Um, 
he lets her leave so she doesn't get caught because I think they hear like some other guards coming. Mm -hmm. But he tells her that they have to talk about things, whether she likes it or not. So he's like, all right, you can leave now, but don't worry. I'm going to find you. I know where you are. When she gets back to her room, Tawny is there asking her about the battle. And then there's a knock on the door and Tawny's like, don't worry, I got this. So she goes to answer it and is like, oh, Poppy is sleeping. But Poppy hears Hawk from the door say, doubtful. It's time for that talk, princess. And he like just fucking barges into her room. So Hawk is like, all right, Tawny, time for you to go. Um, And Poppy gets pissed off that he's ordering Tawny around. But then after a bit of an argument, Hawk is like, Tawny, you do actually have to leave because Poppy and I need to talk. Plus, I'm sure she'll tell you all about it tomorrow anyways. You know when you tell, when someone tells you something and they're like, don't tell anyone. And then you're like, yeah, 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 for sure. And you have like that one person in your mind that you're going to tell. Exactly. And you're like, well, I'm going to tell my best friend. I'm I'm not going to tell. Oh, I'll keep your secret. But like, there's at least three people I'm going to tell. (laughs) It's admit it you've done it too yes you yes, I, I don't have. lie yeah oh yeah sure numerous occasions i've <laughs> run to Cass and been like hey hello guess what same i've done it to you too yeah yeah i've 100 it. i've also honestly or literally when someone like you're on the phone with someone and they're like is there anyone else in the room and you go oh, of course not meanwhile Cass is right beside me <laughs> she's like no no one's in the room like go ahead tell me what you want to tell me and i mean like Cass, come. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Come, come, come I closer. The, I immediately put them on speaker. Yeah. Or like, I'm not going to lie. Like, someone will tell me something and I'll tell my fiance because yes. half the time he's not listening anyway. Like, who's he going to tell? Exactly. They, like, who I'm going to tell, it's not going to go anywhere else from there. You know exactly. I mean? Like, the line stops there kind yeah. of thing. I just need someone to commiserate with, you know? I don't have a diary to tell these things exactly. to, you know? I need a real person. Exactly. And my fiance, like, doesn't give a fuck about gossip. So, like, you'll tell him something yeah. and he's like, okay. Meanwhile, if something happens to him and I'm trying to like get details out of him, oh, it's the like worst. men are the worst at like oh my giving you details. He's he's specifically the worst. Oh, though. My, he's awful. <laughs> and I'm like, isn't there more? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, Cass, can you please tell me the story? Because his story. Meanwhile, his story was like five minutes, and mine was like forty-five minutes. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, all right, Cass, you need to retell me the entire story from the start. Yeah. Leave no detail out, please. He'll just tell you like the main idea, and I'm like, but like. How did they say it? How do you fold in the cheese? <laughs> Anyone Sorry, is that's a, a Shit's Creek reference. Okay, David. Fold, fold in the, the cheese. But what does that mean? How do you fold it in? David, fold in the cheese. I can't be here to tell you things all the time, David. But can you tell me one thing? <laughs> I love that. That whole scene. Moira and David, they're literally the best. Okay. Anyways, anyways. Um... Back to the plot. Back, yeah, back to it. Um. So yeah. Anyways, after you know, Tawny's like, all right, but watching is so much better than like <laughs> if I leave, right? True, true, true. Um. But she eventually does leave, and when she does leave, she calls Poppy princess, which causes Hawk to say that uh, he likes her. Yeah. And then when they're alone, Hawk is like, "You have beautiful hair, dude." It's like he's. Like he's not the time. He looks at her with heart eyes. He's literally obsessed with her. Yeah, he's like, I love you. Except like he just hasn't said it yet. Yeah. He also tells her that she is nothing like he expected. Love that. Um, and he asks her if Victor was the one who trained her, to which she says yes. Um, and Hawk also really wants to know what the Duke would do to Poppy if he found out about all her indiscretions. And she's like, Why do you even care? Um, and he says that of course he cares and that he feels like he knows her better than most that yes she is the maiden but she 
she's also compassionate, sympathetic, a good friend, etc. Wow, he sees her like a, a, like human a real being. Exactly. Oh, shocking. And then he goes, it's weird, isn't it? how it feels like I've known you like longer than I actually have. Mm. And this is something Poppy frequently thinks about yes. too. And when she doesn't answer, he changes the subject and asks her why she was on the rise. And she tells him the story of how she got like her scars. Um, and then you find out there was a craven attack. Then the cravens killed her parents, but somehow her and her brother managed to survive. Um, and they were brought to the queen and the queen declared that Poppy was protected by the gods and that she was the chosen one slash maiden. And the queen said she had warned. warned Poppy's parents about moving from the city as it would be dangerous to leave Poppy unprotected. I think her parents wanted to move to like a quieter life. Yeah. So against the queen's like advisement, they just mm-hmm. like packed up and left type thing. Poppy says that no one, none of the women that night knew how to fight and Poppy didn't want to live her life being helpless. Yeah. And then Poppy says that the rise is not impenetrable and she won't like lay down and die. Um, that if she goes down, she wants to do it fighting. Um, and then Hawk calls her brave, to which she responds that she actually thinks it's just fear that drives her. Mm-hmm. And then Hawk tells her that fear and bravery are one and the same. Uh, and then he tells her that she saved a lot of lives tonight. Which is true. And this is when Poppy makes a comment about how as long as there are Atlanteans, there will always be Craven. And... Hawk Loki questions this. He makes like an offhanded comment being like, yeah, that is what they say. And you're like, oh, interesting. It's okay. I catalog that. Yeah. And he tells her that he's heard rumors from various guards about a child of the gods helping people who are about to turn into Craven die with dignity. And Poppy is like, well, they're just rumors. I would never commit treason against the crown. And Hawk tells her there's no point in lying because he's a good judge of character and that the guards would never report her anyways because they respect what she does too much. So a lot of people know that she's breaking these rules, but they clearly are like... Yeah, aren't going to say anything. Yeah. He also admits that he does it too, like he helps people die with dignity. And finally, he decides to let her sleep, but before he leaves, he says (laughs) this panty dropper of a line again. He's just always saying lines like this. This is his thing. He like just drops a line and I'm like, oh, okay. Immediately my pants, panties are on the floor. Look at that. Even though I hate that word, but whatever. I know. I hate the word panty. Yeah. But I I also can't think of another, like, there really, I don't, there really isn't another word for it because Because, like underwear just doesn't sound right either. No, because I think panty is specifically like trying to be a little more sexy, playful. But I still don't like it. No, I don't like it. But underwear is not sexy, playful. But anyways, he says this line. The next time you go out, wear better shoes and thicker clothing. Those slippers are likely to be the death of you and that dress, the death of me. Oh my God. And I'm sweating. I'm sweating. So if anyone follows us on Twitter, I was live tweeting my reaction as I was like reading the series. And that was like one of the first lines where I was like, holy fuck, what is going on in here? Like, Jennifer, let the girls breathe. Like, <laughs> I was dying. I was literally dying. The dress, the dress. And he knows this is wrong. Yeah, he knows literally she's not allowed to do anything with him because, like, she's the maiden. And, and he he's like, no fuck. I understand that, but I don't really care. I don't, he doesn't really care. And I think he's hoping that, like, she doesn't care either. Like, he's ready to risk it for the biscuit. Like, they're yeah. ready to go. Oh, man. Okay. 
So Hawk did end up tattling on Poppy, but only to Victor. And the next morning when she goes to train with Victor, he goes full dad mode and is very mad that she put herself in danger. Now Victor's scared that Hawk will use all this information he has against Poppy and tell the Duke. But Poppy assures him that Hawk won't. Victor's like, bitch, we literally know nothing about him. He could very well turn on you, which I mean, true. This is true. Like he's, he's just stating facts. And to make it even worse and more awkward, Victor is like, you need to be careful. He's an attractive young man. And you know what this reminds me of? Charlie Swan. Charlie Swan Absolutely. and the like vir- virginity. virginity talk with Bella. 100%. Again, see, we always find a way to relate it to Twilight. Always. It always comes back. Full circle. Always comes full circle. Um, Yeah, he's like, he's an attractive young man. And Poppy's like, I'm not that foolish. She's she, literally like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Meanwhile, she's literally already been that foolish and kissed that man and fantasized about that man. And I fuck that man from afar. So I mean... Yeah. Girl, so have we. Um, She's like, yeah, I'm not that foolish. This is like a non-issue and I trust him. Victor says that he wants her to be safe and that she's like a daughter to him. So cute. I love this man Mm -hmm. so much. Um, That evening, the Duke gives an address to the people about the Craven attack and how the rise did not fail and the gods saved them, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think they're like on the balcony. Mm -hmm. And on the balcony is like the Duke, the Duchess, like Tawny, Poppy, Victor, Hawk, like, some important people and the rest of the people are all like down below like kind of watching um and clearly the people are not happy and they're not really buying like the bullshit anymore like they're not drinking the kool-aid they're like listen you're all bullshit blah 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 the duke starts to spew um this shit that like oh this happened because there are atlantean sympathizers among you dissenters the gods are displeased blah 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 and while the duke is like fear-mongering poppy's like spidey senses start going off and she feels terror coming from somewhere in the crowd. Um, Victor immediately knows something's wrong with Poppy because I think she like physically like doubles over or Mm -hmm. like like physically she reacts to these emotions. And she's looking out into the crowd and starts picking out a bunch of men that these emotions are coming from. She describes one man to Victor and him and Hawk are now on like super high alert. They're like watching. And as the Duke and Duchess finish their bullshit address, the man that Poppy described shouts out lies you do nothing to protect us while you hide in your castles behind your guards you do nothing but steal children in the name of false gods whoa where are the third and fourth sons and daughters where are they really so now you like where are they really no one knows and right I'm like good question this these are good questions so how about the fifths and the sixths and the sevenths and the eights i don't know where, where are, are those too where, where are all these kids i want to know and like the whole like false gods like i'm i'm like what's going on here because they probably aren't real they're yeah well they're just you know believies kind of thing um even though it it kind of insinuates in the book that they like are real are, are like See, actual I'm, I'm confused yeah well i guess we'll find out do you find out I haven't found out yet. So. Oh, okay, cool. So we're both in the dark. Don't worry, we got three other books to figure out after the second one. <laughs> Jeez, that's so many. Um, then the man throws a severed hand onto the balcony just to punctuate his point dramatically. But it's like the hand of a craven. Yes, so very symbolic. Um, so yeah, he throws a severed hand onto the balcony where the Duke and Duchess are, and he's seized by the guards, and as he's seized and dragged away, he's screaming from blood and ash, we will rise. And again, someone said it. Someone said it. That's the title of the book. All right. So, Tawny and Poppy are talking about the man with the craven hand, um, and Poppy says that she can't believe that he said, what he said 
about the third and fourth sons and daughters. And Hawk chimes in saying that he wouldn't be surprised if there were actually other people that thought the same thing, saying that if people could see their children every so often, that beliefs like that could be easily dismissed. See, like, logic. Logic. Someone's he's thinking kind logical. Of, he's kind of like, well, if there's nothing bad happening to them, what's the harm in, like, showing, like, letting them have visitations Exactly, yeah. like, hello, hi, like, your kid's fine. Exactly. Um, Hawk then tells Tawny that he needs to talk to Poppy in private. Um, so He's then, always making Tawny leave. Yes. Um, so Tawny leaves and Hawk asks her if she is all right because he noticed she was like acting strange when the Duke addressed the people. Uh, obviously, he's super observant. And obsessed with her. Yes. He then tells her that he hates talking to the veil and asks her why she is still wearing it since she has the, to- the choice of taking it off in, in her room since it's just the two of them and no one else. Mm. Um, and she doesn't really reply, but thinks that the veil is like acting like a barrier, allowing her to remember what she is. And with, without it, it would be too easy to simply want, aka like want him. Yeah, like the veil is probably the only thing stopping her at this point from yes. jumping his bones. So he leaves and like she keeps on the veil for a little bit longer until she stops wanting him. Until she stops you know. feeling horny. Yes. This girl's never masturbated in her life. No. For sure. No. Never once. Um, then later on, Poppy goes to talk to the Duchess about her gift. And she tells the Duchess that she thinks something is happening with it because there have been a few situations where she thinks that she felt something other than pain. So at this point, like, I guess that everyone thought that she could only really feel the emotion of pain. Um, but then the Duchess immediate concern is that poppy has been using her gift which is like forbidden to do so um until she is found worthy by the gods i feel like there's like hello priorities you're just making up these rules as you fucking go along truly like like there's where where's the rule book i want to see the manuscript you've only had one other maiden so why can't you just you know what where do these rules come from? Where? And what? It's not like this long ancient tradition. Where it's like passed down from woman yeah, to woman to woman. there was one woman. other maiden. Exactly. Like, come on. Um, but then Poppy has to like explain herself saying that she doesn't use it, but in large crowds, she has like trouble controlling it. Um, and then the Duchess is like, all right, well, what have you felt? And Poppy says that she's felt like anger, fear, excitement, possibly like anticipation. So she's felt like a whole slew of other emotions other than pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Duchess then asks her if she feels anything now. And Poppy is confused and is like, wait, you want me to use my gift now? Bitch, you just said that was illegal. Apparently rules don't apply. Right. To the... Uh... Like, that's my point. Like, these rules, like, make no sense. And they always, like, bend the rules when it best suits them. Exactly. Not Poppy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, when Poppy was in that room with the Duke and Mazin, technically she's not allowed to take her veil off because Mazin is there. But right. then the Duke is like, the gods will find this session, like, good. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Off. It's like, like, your rules don't make sense. No, you, they're literally making this up as they go along. Exactly. And they're just doing it. I'm convinced to make her life miserable, this exactly. poor girl. Exactly. Exactly. So the Duchess is like, just do it. So Poppy, you know, uses her gift and she feels nothing. So clearly this is kind of confirmation that the Ascended are like empties. They have like no... They're literally just like empty pits. No, what what do they... And I think it comments to their eyes. Aren't their eyes really like... like, Hollow, like dark pits. Yeah, so it's like you can't tell the iris from the pupil. It's just one big like Like when you ascend, your, your eye color changes to like this, just this hollow blackness. Oh man, that sucks. 
So the Duchess then tells her that she thinks her gift is maturing, which she thinks is normal and tells her that this actually happened to the first maiden. Um, and then the Duchess tells her that they don't talk about the first maiden, but she will make an exception this one time in hopes that Poppy doesn't share that maiden's fate. Um, so you find out that the gods found the maiden worthy, but in the end, her actions put her on a path that ended with her death, aka the dark one killed her. And I'm like, damn. See, we don't really know a lot about the other maiden at this point. No, because and they don't talk. It's like forbidden to talk about yeah, her Yeah, and I'm like, hmm, this sounds suspicious. Suspect. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little suspicious. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. if you will. If you will. Okay, so. Poppy is with the priestess Analia, who is making her read um, this thing like the history of the War of Two Kings and the Kingdom of Solace. And priestess Analia is being a big bitch and keeps correcting Poppy's pronunciation of Scotus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, girl, mind your business. Maybe Poppy runs a mildly successful podcast where she pronounces a lot of things incorrectly. Okay. It's like, we can relate. We can relate. Maybe, maybe she just doesn't know how to pronounce it. And she didn't Google it beforehand. There was no Google back then. There literally wasn't. Um, and there were no like nice listeners to like email us and be like, Hey, I listened to the audiobook and it's actually like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, princess Analia sucks. And I just want to point out. Oh, fuck. Priestess. Anyways, honestly, Analia fucking sucks. And I just want to point out that you can't spell Analia without anal. So <laughs> thank you for that observation. Take from that what thank you, you for will. that observation. Anyways, Hawk chimes in and is like, actually, the way that Poppy said it was the right pronunciation because he has a degree in linguistics and he really knows what he's talking about. Analia is like, did I ask you? And Hawk is like, well, I wouldn't want Poppy to look stupid in the future. And I'm like, <laughs> he literally gives no fucks. I'm like, this man. His level of fucks given is zero. He's like, fucking fire me. Kill me, bitch. You know that, you you. Know that, um, that book? It's like the art of. Oh, the subtle the art subtle, of not giving yeah, a fuck? That's him. Like, he, he wrote, wrote that. that book. He was, did. He wrote it. He literally, he has such a distaste for so many people that are not Poppy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not Poppy, he probably doesn't like exactly. you. Analia makes Poppy continue reading, and Poppy gets to the part in the book about, like, the first blessing where the gods gave the army their blood, which helped them defeat the Atlanteans. Um, Poppy shudders at this because it's gross, and Analia's like, why are you shuddering? Is the blessing disturbing to you? And Poppy tells her that the blessing seems similar to how the Atlanteans become powerful. So the Atlanteans drank the blood of the innocent, whereas the Ascendant drank the blood of the gods. Um, I just want to point out that history is written by the winners, right? Exactly. So you don't know if all this stuff is true. You really don't. Analia then loses her shit, saying that it's not the same thing and that perhaps Poppy has grown fond of the cane since she consistently disappoints her and the Duke, and that this is not something she should have to explain to the future of the kingdom, to the legacy of the Ascended. She's literally lost her shit. And I'm like, fuck off, Analia. Like, who are you? Who gave you the right? Who, like, exactly? Like, who put you in power? I want to know. Who Who died and made you fucking queen, okay? Like, you're being so rude. Don't be fucking rude. <laughs> Answer with like a purse. Yeah. Um, Poppy then asks Analia what would happen if she didn't ascend. And Analia moves her hand to slap Poppy. But she's stopped by Hawk, who grabs Analia's wrist and tells her not to touch the maiden. And again, big dick energy. Super big, yeah. Oh my it's god. Massive. That's right. No one slap. Number one, you shouldn't hit another person. Mm-hmm. I would hit Analia though. Let's be real. Yes. Anyways. With a shoe. 
Oh my god, I would throw something at her for mm-hmm. sure. I'd be like, Analia is shocked and tells Poppy that the session is over, saying that Poppy will be shown with as much respect as she's shown today when she goes to the gods. Whatever the fuck that means. I'm like, are you threatening to kill her? Like, are you are you talking about the ascension? I guess like, she's basically saying that the like the gods will find her unworthy. Poppy's like, I fucking hope so. He's like, that was the plan all along. Literally. Like, thank you for figuring out. Thank you for realizing. So Hawk and Poppy leave, and Poppy tells him that he shouldn't have done that. And Hawk tells her that he will never stand by and watch someone hit her or any person for no reason other than they feel like they can, no matter the consequence to himself. My brain is melting. I love him. He's just, like I said, like, huge dick energy. And listen, I know he's like, you know, like I said, I've read the series. He's very morally gray. Like, he can be a little toxic. Mm-hmm. But I love this man. I yeah, I'm just I'm gonna Let's stop. Just end it right there. I'm just gonna stop there before I get excited. So she tells him that she'll probably report him to the Duke. Like Analia will probably report him, and Hawk is like, let her. But Poppy tells him that the Duke will probably applaud her for trying to hit her, saying that they share a lack of control when it comes to their temper. Hawk is like, wait, he hits you? And Poppy's like, oh fuck. And tries to like backtrack, saying that like all she meant was that the Duke is more likely to punish him um than the priestess so she's really trying to cover up her yeah she didn't want hawk to know it just slipped out yeah um hawk tells her that the priestess is a bitch he flat out says it he was like he's like you know what she's a bitch and i'm like you know what i gotta say this often but you know she was one yep um you're you're literally not wrong poppy says that the priestess is disappointed in her commitment to being the maiden and hawk is like well what are you supposed to be committed to poppy's like good question literally good, good question quest. i want to know because i don't know because I, what what's in it for her nothing literally nothing a like, life of misery yeah um so yeah poppy's like good question but it's not like i'm trying to run away or escape my ascension hawk is like would you though and i'm like oh my god are they gonna run away together and i'm like i'm here for it i mean let's just end the book right now like, okay have run away. book over they ran away they live happily ever after um and the second book is just all sex scenes with them um anyways so um and she's like so in response to this poppy's like would you stop me and he goes i think i would be too curious to find out how you plan to escape to stop you because he's so intrigued by her so poppy changes the subject saying that she's never been to the right and while they're walking hawk asks her if she would like to go outside to the garden but she admits that she doesn't find it peaceful anymore since rylan died like honestly Mm -hmm. she had a traumatizing Mm -hmm. event there um, they talk about the right again and Hawk says that he's excited to see her since she will be unveiled. Um, Poppy says that she will still be masked, which he says he prefers that version of her anyways. I think he just likes seeing her as like as normal as possible, like a regular person. Yes. You know? But then he says that he actually prefers the version of her that wears no mask or veil. Like, likes, that's his favorite he version He likes of to her. see her face. Um, Poppy has no idea how to respond to that. So she changes the subject and asks him about his family, which seems to be a common occurrence for her. She's like, let's talk about your dad. He was Um, a farmer, right? Yeah. He says that he had a brother and she can feel his anguish. And she says she's sorry and touches him and thinks of happy memories in order to like relieve some of his pain. And he kind of notices it though, saying that he just had the strangest feeling. He tells her no need for sympathy though, since his brother is alive. And Poppy is left wondering what happened to his brother for Hawk to feel that way. Do you find out? Yes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I just don't know yet. Yeah. And you are left wondering about what happens next because this is where we end. This is where we leave you. That was enjoyable. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the next part is second half is way better. It's so juicy. I'm gonna lose my marbles. There's gonna be a lot of like, oh my god, spicy pepper ratings coming your way. So many spicy pepper ratings. I mean, overall, this book is definitely one of the um, spicier ones I think we've read. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure. Like Jennifer does not let the girls breathe. Like she just really. And I mean, literally every conversation that Hawk and Poppy have deserves like an eggplant rating it makes me full of sexual tension so much so i mean like every conversation i have i just give them five out of five eggplants yeah she's great at writing that like sexy playful banter and like hawk just has a big raging boner for like how badass poppy is and he loves the fact that she's like a murderous little creature and i'm just obsessed with like i love them so much love them I'm so glad. I know, like, a lot of people voted for Six of Crows, too, but, like, Loki, I'm really happy that, like, we did this one because I just feel like I'm enjoying it so much. I'm sure we'll enjoy Six of Crows. Oh, 100%, but this was a good, like, I don't know. I just really like it. Mm-hmm. It's a very entertaining read for me. It is. It's probably, like, one of my most... And un- I just find myself, like, skimming a lot of the parts just to get to, like, more hawk and pop. Oh, banter. my God, yeah. And I And we're already bad at that, like, especially me. Like, I will literally skip over a whole description of, like, setting... And be like, okay, like, where's the good stuff? Yeah. I remember there was this this one page or a couple pages where it's literally just talking about all the different gods in this world. And I'm like, listen, that's great. Well, where's that? But Hawk I don't Poppy? give a fuck. Okay. So yeah, the next parts are like super juicy. So please Stay buckle tuned. your seatbelts. Stay tuned for next week. It's going to be so good. We do From Blood and Ash part two. Yes. We are going to do the next week. So we hope you enjoy this episode. As always, all our socials and everything are linked down below. Our website, Instagram, Twitter, everything. All the above. Yeah, come hang out with us. We love to chat with you guys. We love to get your emails. We're just obsessed with you. I don't know what else there is to say, really. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So Truly. thanks for listening to Two Book Bitches. Mm, bye. bye.